Hello, my friends. It sort of hit me, and maybe it's obvious, and maybe it hit you already, but everything they accuse you of being foreign-funded, foreign-controlled, an agent of Russia, an agent of America, they never meant it. They just meant to preempt you saying it about them where it's actually true. They are enthralled to communist China, and now it's actually proved. I'll take you through the proof, and I'll remind you that they accused you of doing what they themselves are doing. But first, let me invite you to become a subscriber to Rebel News Plus. It's the video version of this podcast. Just go to rebelnewsplus.com and click subscribe. Eight bucks a month. We rely on that eight bucks because we don't take any government money. And by the way, we never will. All right. Here's today's podcast. Tonight, everything they said about Russia and foreign interference, they themselves have done, but with China. It's March 10th, and this is the Ezra Levant Show. Shame on you, you censorious bug. You know, there's something about the left. Oh, they do it all the time. It's called projection. They accuse you of doing what they do, racism. They're the ones whose poster boy in this country dressed up in blackface so many times he can't even remember how many. They accuse you of being sexist or the new word misogynist. But Justin Trudeau is the one who assaulted Rose Knight, a young woman he met in Creston, B.C. And when asked about it, he said, well... She just experienced it differently. Remember that atrocious clip? I've been reflecting very carefully on what I remember from that incident almost 20 years ago. And again, I am, I feel, I am confident that I uh, did not act inappropriately. But part of this awakening that we're having as a society, a long awaited uh, realization is that it's not just uh, one side of the story that matters. That the same interactions could be experienced very differently from one person to the next. And I am not going to speak for the, the woman in question. I would never presume to speak for her. Uh, but I know that uh, there is an awful lot of reflection to be had as we move forward as a society on how people perceive different interactions. Um, like I said, uh, I do not feel that I acted inappropriately uh, in any way, uh, but I respect uh, the fact that someone else might have experienced that differently. And this is part of the reflections that we have to go through. The Liberals claim they care about Indigenous issues, but of course they fired Jody Wilson-Raybould, the first Indigenous Justice Minister, because she dared get in the way of his cronyism, and on Truth and Reconciliation Day, Justin Trudeau hid and sneaked out to go surfing in Tofino and had his office lie, claiming he was in Ottawa the whole time. We did a whole show on that recently. You know, they said that the trucker convoy was foreign-funded, by which they meant to say it wasn't representative of actual Canadians. Well... That was repeated everywhere, but when the facts finally came out, when the 
GoFundMe executives testified. They said, no, no, the vast majority of funds were from Canadians. It was a lie. They said that the truckers were taking orders from foreigners, not just money, but orders, including from Vladimir Putin. Remember this disgraceful moment? I do ask that because, uh, you know, given Canada's support of Ukraine in this current crisis with Russia, it, I don't know if it's far-fetched to ask, but, but there is concern that Russian actors could be continuing to fuel things uh, as, this, as this protest grows, but perhaps even instigating it from, from the outset. Obviously a lie, but it took months for the CBC's own ombudsman to admit it was a lie. And by that point, the reporter in question was promoted. You know, Justin Trudeau's man at the University of Calgary, Professor Boucher, published a paper and went on the media and said that Maxime Bernier, the leader of the People's Party, and Rupa Subramania, a columnist for National Post and Rebel News, and myself were Russian agents, Russian propagandists. But that's a lie, too. The People's Party of Canada cannot accept any money from any foreigners. Rupa is from India originally, and she's a proud Canadian. And she works for True North as well. And it's all lies about us. I actually checked. On a hunch, I checked. And we have a bit of a database of our supporters. And I did the math. And 0.0026% of our supporters are in Russia. Which makes me think our website might actually be banned in Russia because we literally have supporters in countries all over the world in the strangest places, but we have almost zero in Russia. I think we're blocked to have that few. Uh, you know, maybe it's because I wrote a book called Groundswell where I denounced Vladimir Putin and his natural gas monopoly called Gazprom, and I sort of mocked him pretty hard, and then I went on a speaking tour, you might recall. So I actually think that Rebel News might be blocked. Um, they always accuse Canadian conservatives of U.S.-style campaigning and being Republicans. I don't know if you remember, but way long ago, Stephen Harper gave a speech to some Americans once, and this became a scandal. Here's the state broadcaster at the time. Harper defends remarks to U.S. conservative movement. Conservative leader Stephen Harper faced que questions over past remarks he made to an American conservative movement, comments the liberals claim prove his allegiance to a radical right-wing agenda. Uh, let me read a little bit. Of the comment is quoted in one of a series of controversial ads the liberals released earlier this week. One quotes a speech Harper made eight years ago to a conservative American think tank. America, and particularly your conservative movement, is a light and an inspiration to people in this country and across the world, the ad quotes Harper as saying. Yeah, um... It is. How, how is that controversial? That's the best they got. They dug up a speech he gave like eight years earlier. But by contrast, the liberals are deeply and completely linked to U.S. dirty tricksters in the Democrats. I mean, not just politicians. Here's Trudeau and Hillary Clinton in a photo, and here's Trudeau and George Soros in a photo. But, but here's a story in the Globe and Mail about Justin Trudeau's liberals have quietly been getting regular advice from Jennifer O'Malley Dillon, Barack Obama's deputy campaign manager in the last U.S. presidential campaign. What? 
David Axelrod, Barack Obama's chief strategist, has been offering similar advice to the Trudeau team in the form of general encouragement during the election campaign. David Axelrod. Precision Strategies' Jen O'Malley Dillon, who worked with the liberals, tweeted her congratulations to Trudeau advisors Gerald Butts, Katie Telford, and Jeremy Broadhurst, saying, hope and hard work, every single day, paid off, proud, she wrote. O'Malley Dillon's firm also boasted of being honored to be a part of Team Trudeau on Twitter. There's so many, play, they're boasting about it. Two of Obama's campaign aides worked for Trudeau's campaign. That's the New York Times. The liberals knew exactly who to go to as they were putting together their own data operation for the 2015 campaign. They hired Precision Strategies, a U.S. firm created by some of the masterminds behind the Obama campaign's data operation, including General Mally Dillon, the architect of Mr. Obama. Like, there's so many stories about it. They're boasting about it. They're, they're not shy about it. Um, the campaign was run by U.S. Democrats. It wasn't even a Canadian campaign. And these people were not shy and, and hiding from it because they knew the Canadian media is absolutely fine with foreign meddling as long as it's not American right-wingers. I mean, the environmental movement in Canada is largely financed from abroad, from Americans. The David Suzuki Foundation takes a million bucks a year from foreigners to stop our oil and gas and forestry and fisheries industry, not to stop Russia's or Iran's or Saudi Arabia's. Isn't that odd? Imagine if the conservatives had contracted out their campaign to the Republican. You can't imagine it. They would never do it. But now we know they contracted out the work to work to the Obama Democrats. The work was done by the Obama Democrats, but the money came from communist China. That's what we've all found out. I mean, I wrote about it in, <laughs> in this book three years ago, China Virus. How Justin Trudeau's pro-communist ideology is putting Canadians in danger. The book wasn't even really about the pandemic. It was about China and communism being the virus. A lot of those facts are being rehashed now. There is some important news, of course. We're finding out that the money came from China and also that 11 candidates were favored by the communists in China. And money was even funneled through a sitting member of the provincial parliament, and look at this about Papineau. Papineau is Justin Trudeau's own writing. Here's Norman Spector, a uh, pundit who used to be a conservative in Victoria, who points out, in 2016, Justin Trudeau's Riding Association received nearly $70,000 from donors in the Vancouver Chinese community, 68% of all contributions for the year. The contributions were divided into 45 individual donations, not to exceed the maximum amount allowed. 68% of all donations in Trudeau's riding, came from Chinese uh, Canadians in Vancouver. Here's a picture of that list. Now, of course, Chinese Canadians are, are free to donate to whoever they want, just as any other ethnicity. But we've just learned from CSIS and others that the Chinese government took money and then laundered it, laundered it to McGill University, laundered it to the Trudeau Foundation. Did they launder it? with 45 people saying, here, donate 1500 bucks to Justin Trudeau and Papineau. Sure looks like it. And I come back to my opening point about projection. Everything they accused you of doing, they did. They accused you and the truckers from taking money from foreigners. They're the ones who took money from foreigners. 
They accused foreign interference on behalf of the truckers. There was none. Putin didn't do it. But foreign interference in their favors, both to run their campaigns and on the financing, you bet. And foreign propaganda, absolutely. Everything they accuse you of doing, they have done first. Today, Marco Mendocino made an announcement trying to shift the focus of this infiltration by communist China. It was actually a re-announcement of other announcements that he's going to look into the, he's going to get to the bottom of this. Just you wait and see. Remains much more work to be done. We are at a critical juncture when it comes to the security of our democratic institutions. And now we're taking another step in protecting them. Today, I'm announcing the launch of consultations to guide how we will set up a new foreign influence transparency registry in Canada. Consultations will involve direct engagements with communities, stakeholders, and the general public, and these consultations will inform the path forward. A virtual portal has also been set up on our Public Safety Canada website where individuals will be able to submit their ideas. This process will begin now and conclude on May 9th. At its core, the purpose of our consultation will seek to do three things. Foster transparency regarding legitimate foreign state lobbying and activities. Modernize existing legislative authorities to address and mitigate foreign state activities that go beyond legitimate diplomacy in an attempt to clandestinely or deceptively manipulate Canada's open democracy, economy, and society. And finally, to broadly engage all Canadians in a conversation about how to protect our institutions from foreign interference in an inclusive manner that respects the diversity of our population and, of course, the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. I hope that all Canadians will take part in this exercise. And I, along with my colleagues, look forward to engaging through roundtable discussions in the coming weeks. Yeah, more general, generic studies into the matter, not specific investigations into specific donations and specific MLAs and MPPs and MPs. Of course, do you doubt it for a second it will target Trudeau's enemies? Here's Trudeau himself, a clip we showed you yesterday. And finally today, I can announce that we're investing $5.5 million to build capacity of civil society organizations to combat disinformation because we know disinformation, often generated abroad, can be a real threat to our elections, and it's a threat that the federal government cannot combat alone. Do you think that will investigate the Chinese Communist Party and their support for the Liberals, or do you think it'll investigate, oh, say, online sources like us? This morning, along with Marco Mendocino, Mary Ng took the stand. She's so corrupt. Uh, look at these headlines. i just got to remind you who she is. Here's a story in the National Post. Trade minister says no one in office flagged ethics issue when doling out contracts to close friend. There is simply no excuse for contracting with a friend's company, the ethics commissioner said in December. So Mary Ng is the person who gave a huge contract to her good friend, and her excuse was, 
Well, well, no one told me I couldn't. I certainly didn't know better. I'm a Trudeau cabinet minister. She's just following what the boss says. Anyways, so Mary Ng, who you can trust, was rolled out yesterday to call people racist. But of course, here, take a look. What specifically are you referring to when you talk about history? What are you fearful that we're going to replicate that we've done in the past? Well, there are generations of uh, Canadians now in British Columbia who are Japanese Canadians who've had an experience of uh, being excluded. Uh, we have had an exclusion act in this country. Uh, we have uh, had other, uh, we have other mechanisms where um, um, my colleagues um, uh, shared that uh, that after 9/11, uh, in uh, a aspersion that has been cast. What I want to say is that uh, Chinese Canadians care deeply about Canada's democracy, and um, and they expect that their vote will count, and that there isn't a shadow on that on their exercise of democracy. I think putting together this registry and doing the work, doing the work of listening to Canadians, so that we get it right is what Minister Mendicino has announced today, and that is the work that I'm committed to doing uh, with my ministerial colleague, and indeed that's, what the, that's the work our government is committed to doing. But like I said, everything they accuse you of doing is what they did first. They project. They have a guilty conscience, if they have a conscience. Plus, they want to say it first about you before you say it about them. I remember when I was in grade school and I hit my friend Lenny on the back with a hockey stick. It didn't hurt him, but I knew it was wrong. And then, and I was very little, I was of tender years, and I ran to the principal to tattle on him first. This is true confession time. I was in grade school. And even then, as a child, I knew, well, if I complain about Lenny first, I'll muddy the waters. And when he comes to complain that I hit him in the back with a hockey stick, it'll be too confusing. That's the liberal strategy as grown-ups. That was when I was a child. I put aside childish things. But the liberals do that. They know that they're racist, but they know it's wise to call you a racist first. They know they're sexist. Justin Trudeau sexually assaulted Rose Knight. But he'll call you that first because they know that you care about not being a racist, not being a sexist, not being corrupt. So you will actually stop and answer in good faith, you'll answer the substance, even though it was a bad faith attack. Someone calls you a racist or a sexist, you're going to be offended, you're going to have your feelings certain, you'll stop, and you'll answer it, and, and you'll be stuck talking about racism, sexism, and trying to prove a negative. They're laughing because they never meant it. They just wanted to distract and muddy the waters and make you say it first. They project. Whatever they accuse you of doing, they did first. And by the way, they are racist too, against the Falun Gong, against... Tibetans, against Hong Kongers, against Chinese Canadians who came to Canada and want to be free. And they don't want the Chinese government meddling in our affairs. Here's a, a, a Hong Kong Canadian who's talking about why it's so important that we root out these Chinese communist spies. Because there is a very serious allegation saying that our democracy being threatened, um, some foreign powers are trying to undermine it and also allegedly being compromised. So as Canadians, we need to know actually how our system works and where is it broken, if any. And also, um, as Chinese Canadians, I think it's really important to know who are the culprits in our community, if there's any. And also, like, um, who are the ones that have uh, dealings or untoward dealings uh, with foreign agency, especially those among us elected officials. So for the sake of the entire Chinese Canadian community, I think it's also important because otherwise this 
whole suspicion will be shrouded upon the entire Chinese community, which is not good for anyone. And also to those um, um, being named or being alleged saying that they have done something wrong, it will do them justice if they really have done nothing wrong. Ask them to come clean. Tell us actually what happened. What do you do? And what's your activities with any of those kind of uh, foreign agents? What is um, your professional way or the natural normal behavior? Right. As a politicians, we need to know all this, go to the bottom of it. I think it's just fair and do just for everyone. So you mentioned suspicion on the Chinese Canadian community because you've warned of a backlash against the Chinese Canadian population because of this issue. What are you seeing that backlash? What, what are you seeing there? Actually, um, I see that we are in a triple whammy situation, three levels. Um, first of all, as Canadians, as I just say, we see our democracy being threatened and allegedly being compromised. So that's one thing. And on the other level, we, um, as Chinese Canadians, we are particularly vulnerable. Um, and the easiest targets to, um, to the Chinese uh, influence here. So that's why um, we need um, to come clean and also uh, people will need to come clean and also tell us exactly what happened so that we know who are the culprits. And for thirdly, if we don't rule out those culprits, that's exactly what you're talking about. The racist backlash and the rising anti-Asian sentiments will be upon every one of us in the Chinese community and as well as for the um, Asian um, Canadian community as well. You know, it reminds me of how Rudy Giuliani, obviously a proud Italian man, rooted out the mafia in New York. And at first you might think, well, why would an Italian man root out the mafia in New York? First of all, because he had the moral authority to do, he was a great prosecutor and a mayor. But second of all, as that lady from Hong Kong said, he didn't want Italian-American to be synonymous with mafia. He, he was embarrassed by the mafia. And if anything, he wanted to show that he as an Italian was against it, he'd put them in prison. There are a lot of reasons to stop communist China from, China from infiltrating in Canada. And a big reason is that so that it's not approved that Chinese Canadians can be spies from the, from the government of China, which is obviously what Trudeau approves of and is happy to approve of if there's enough cash in it for him. I just think of all the accusations. You're a Russian spy. You're being funded by Americans. You're American-style campaigning. I don't think they actually ever meant it. I think all they were doing is making us defend ourselves over something we weren't guilty for and making the discussion on our side of the fence rather than theirs. They were guilty of it all along. Stay with us for more. Well, Roxham Road has been in the news a lot lately, and our own Alexa Lavoie has gone there several times, not just on the Quebec side, but she went on the New York side. And as you know, one of the human traffickers who didn't much like her journalism actually assaulted her. This was shocking to us, and we are taking legal action, as we always do, when our people are attacked. Um, but it perhaps in retrospect, shouldn't have been that surprising. We were surprised. Um, it was surprising all the more so because there was a police officer mere feet away. However, the human trafficker knew what I guess we didn't think of, which is that you can have a ton of police, but if they're on the wrong side of the border, they can't do anything. Here, just take a quick glance at what I'm talking about. An assault on Alexa Lavoie with RCMP standing helplessly 
just feet away. Can you beat? You don't put the cap. Give me that phone. I'm going to throw the way into that. Let me doing my job. I'm going. I'm going. Give me that I'm going to show you. I'm going to broke that phone. You. You go away. You go away. Put that phone away. You go away. You don't touch my stuff. Don't touch me. I'm going to report your car. But, but, but you win this. See that police is witness. Yeah. Get the fuck you for. You don't touch me. You don't touch me. Don't put your cabbage with me. Shut the fuck up, man. Don't call me, man. Yeah. Barbaque, you tell her to stop. You talking to me? I'm talking to you. I don't understand you. I don't understand you. Fuck yourself. Do you know who I am? Do you want to 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 know? Oh, thank you very much. You too. Keep on doing what you do best. This is why. This is why. This is exactly what it causes. Jalen. Well, that's very infuriating. I can tell you that we are taking steps on the New York side, retaining legal counsel, and uh, we hope to be able to identify the man in question and take legal steps against him. I tell you all this because Roxham Road is heating up for a number, number of reasons. Um, and uh, one of them is because on the New York side, Mayor Adams of New York City is sick of migrants coming in from the southern United States, crossing, against, crossing in from the border with Mexico, and being shipped to New York. That's a move that some Republican governors, including from Florida and Texas, are doing, saying, hey, you blue state liberals who are all for open borders, let's see how you can do with a few hundred or a few thousand migrants straining your social welfare system. Well, the same thing has happened in Canada. As millions of migrants have come into the United States, well, about 100,000 or more migrants have come across the Roxham Road border, they're immediately arrested, but then set free. It's like fishing when you catch and release. Many of them do not find work quickly. They go on social welfare programs. And even finding a place to stay. Joining us now via Skype from British Columbia is our friend Lindsay Shepard, who is a journalist with True North, who has a new story on the subject entitled B.C., Alberta have no current plans to accept relocated Roxham Road asylum seekers. Lindsay, great to see you again, and congratulations on this story. Thank you. It's nice to see you as well. Uh, it's an interesting story because Roxham Road is the border between New York State and Quebec, and that is the territory that all these illegal migrants step onto. But Quebec says they're full. Am I right? And they're trying to push these migrants to other provinces, including some quite far away. Yeah, that's exactly what's happening. So Quebec Premier Francois Legault, he has said he cannot handle any more um, asylum seekers in Quebec. You know, they're, they're too strained there. So the federal government has started shipping these, these asylum seekers to Ontario. But now we're hearing the mayors and social support workers in these Ontario communities saying that they are um, overextended as well now. So there are 4,300 of these, you know, Roxham Road crossers in Niagara Falls. Um, they are paying for 
I mean, you know, the federal government, so Canadian taxpayers are funding about 2000 hotel rooms there. Um, and that doesn't include any other kind of, you know, social services like legal assistance, language classes, food banks. Um, so that mayor in Niagara Falls, uh, he's asking for $5 million to, to support these migrants. So, you know, he's asking for more resources rather than just saying, okay, hold off, we can't take any more of this. Uh, and that kind of is the trend because we're also seeing about 1,400 asylum seekers who are shipped to Cornwall, Ontario. Same thing, they're just asking for more money. Um, but my question is, why aren't we saying, okay, just no. Uh, but that does seem to be what BC and Alberta, that seems to be the line there. Um, they have no current plans to accept any asylum seekers who cross via Roxham Road. Now, I don't think this is any kind of principled stand on the part of BC and Alberta. I think it might just be a matter of geography and maybe the federal government hasn't asked them yet if they could transfer any migrants there. Uh, but for now, they have said, both of those provinces have said that they will not be accepting any Roxham Road asylum seekers. As for Saskatchewan and Manitoba, um, we, I did not get a response from any of their spokespeople. So take, take from that what you will, maybe they will be soon announcing that they'll be taking in some migrants. Um, but yeah, we are seeing them, you know, that the trip seems to be kind of Latin America. And then, like you said, they go to maybe, um, a Republican state, get shipped to somewhere like New York, then the New York city mayor pays for them to go to, uh, Plattsburgh, New York, and then they cross into Roxham Road, then they can either be bused into Ontario or Atlantic Canada for now. So who knows what their next destinations will be, though? Yeah, you raised a lot of interesting points. I was just doing the math. Niagara Falls, the city proper, has less than 100,000 people. I mean, there, there's sort of a greater area to have, I think you said, over 4,000 migrants being stacked up in hotels, and I've been to Niagara Falls. I mean, the hotels are lovely if you have a falls view. That's sort of very romantic. I mean, Niagara Falls is sort of a, a, a classic uh, honeymoon location. It's very touristy. It strikes me as odd to take up thousands of hotel rooms with migrants who are not there to spend money in the local restaurants and souvenir shops and, and things like that. They're there just as a place to stay. I... And I, and I was in my mind thinking, okay, you've got three, 4,000 people in a city of less than 100,000. Well, well, compare that to Calgary. Calgary's got over a million people. That would be like having 40,000 people just dumped in Calgary. Like it, you, you couldn't, everything would be affected by it. Everything from policing to waiting lines in hospitals to schools to English as a second language training to the demand for insurance. Like, it's just crazy. And you're right to say that the reaction from the mayor, well, give me more money. That's not the reaction. That's not, that's not the solution. Give me five million bucks. That's not going to fix the problem. The problem is to put up a fence or just to enforce the law. Right. And I think Niagara Falls was chosen because they have a lot of hotel rooms. But I think the mayor got to the point where he's like, Oh, okay, tourist season is looming and all of the hotel rooms are booked. Um, so, I mean, as you're saying, so for his part, conservative leader Pierre Polyev has said, close Roxham Road, close that um, illegal border point crossing uh, within 30 days. And I think that's totally reasonable. You know, 30 days kind of, kind of gives um, 
a chance for the, the message to spread internationally, right? Because right now, people remember Trudeau's 2017 tweet, welcome to Canada, to those fleeing war and persecution, uh, you're welcome here, you know? And then that's when the, the flood kind of started yeah. through Roxham Road. It, it stopped during the pandemic, so they are capable of closing it. Um, but that's kind of when this all started. For his part, Quebec Premier Legault has said Trudeau needs to issue a new tweet and he's, he needs to say, don't come anymore. And that's right. You know, we need to say, um, you know, in the past, okay, at Roxham Road, there were Canadian authorities ready to hug you and welcome you in and carry your luggage for you. But that stops now. And this is a snowy, frozen, forested area and people can and do die crossing this border. Do not attempt. I'm not sure if anyone's died at the Roxham Road one. I know people have died crossing over the Manitoba border because you're in the middle of a big field and really there's no one around. This is, I'm not going to say it's uh, urban, but there's towns nearby. It's its sort of a country road, but there's so many RCMP immediately across. It's, it's not even a big border. It's like a little ditch. You could put up a chain link fence in an hour and just start sending people back. its It's not that it's an invasion. It's just... I mean, it's been the world's largest, uh, longest undefended border for, for, well, since the beginning. The only reason they're crossing now is they know they won't be ejected. So it's, it's not even a lack of a barrier. It's that they know they will be welcomed and not spat back out. I think it's incredible. I, and I think part of me thinks it's, it will hasten the end of this by spreading the pain to other mayors and premiers completely unrelated. By, by taking tens of thousands of these migrants and warehousing them in other cities and provinces is maybe will result in some action. But I, I don't know. I, I don't want to be too optimistic. Nothing's happened so far. Do you think Roxham Road will be closed under a liberal government? It doesn't look like it. Um, Trudeau has said he wants to renegotiate the Safe Third Country Agreement. I don't know if that actually involves closing Roxham Road. But, you know, what we do know is that about 150 people are crossing each day. Um, and before Legault from Quebec kind of put his foot down, I mean, right now, Quebec is spending $20 million a month on welfare checks for asylum seekers. So that is $20 million per month just for the asylum seekers that are in Quebec. So that that's kind of what he was facing before he decided to say, OK, disperse these asylum seekers. Just in January of this year, there were four thousand eight hundred and seventy five um, crossers into Quebec, illegal crossers. Well, we're certainly going to stay on the top on the subject. Thanks, Lindsay. Great to see you again. Keep up the great work at True North. Thank you. All right. There you have it. Lindsay Shepard. Stay with us. More ahead. Hey, welcome back. Marion writes, just watched your interview with Coach Blade and it roused a reaction in me that has been there since I first heard of men pretending to be women just to get a place where they could win. No one has suggested perhaps we need a couple of extra categories, the usual men's sports and women's sports, plus a transgendered man to woman and a transgendered woman to man category. Well, listen, I it, it certainly sounds like a lot of categories and a lot of things. I think 
you know, and I'm not opposed to everyone having their own league. I, I think what's important is in the name of fairness, in the name of sport, that we separate women from big, burly, macho man Randy Savage. That's what I just can't get over that South Park episode, which was a joke three years ago. Now it's the news. The Age of Goddess writes, one big slap in the face of all women. If this doesn't radicalize us, I don't know what will. Well, radicalize can mean various things. I mean, it means go to the root. That's what radix means in London, in, in Latin, excuse me. Um, I think wake us up is the better phrase because the other side will say, oh, who radicalized you? Who made you an extremist? We're not the extremists. They are. That's what's so crazy about Pastor Derek Reimer being prosecuted in Calgary. He heckled, for sure. He heckled the drag queen story hour. That's not a crime to heckle. But the people who were exposing children of tender years to such sexuality, that's not arrested or prosecuted. That's crazy to me. TCZ says the censoring of malinformation is the ultimate form of censorship. It is truly the suspension of the freedom of speech. Yeah, you know what? I don't think I'd ever heard malinformation before. I don't think it's a real word. Misinformation is a word. We've heard that you're misinformed. Disinformation was sort of a made-up word, I think, in the Cold War, and I think it's a word enough, malinformation. Now they're just making things up because it sounds a lot more sinister than, okay, fine, you're telling the truth, but I don't like it. Of course, Justin Trudeau is going to be using the word malinformation any moment now. Well, that's our show for today. Until next time, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, to you at home, good night, and keep fighting for freedom. Oh,